Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Hey, Jane. Hi. How are you? Good. Before we get started, can I tell you about my weekend, my bookish weekend? Yes, please tell me about your bookish weekend. Because you've asked me about it, and I was like, I can't tell you anything about this. We're just going to wait. I'm going to wait till the end of the week to tell. Yes, I want to know all about it. Tell me. It was magical and fabulous. (laughs) Magical. (laughs) Well, okay. I I probably sound ridiculous, but I mean, you know, like... Everyone in the world is burned out right now. Sure. And um, so it was, so we went to Nashville, Tennessee, and we, this group of ladies, we had all met each other two years ago at the Modern Mrs. Darcy inaugural book club yes. retreat. And we enjoyed each other's company so much <laughs> that we've been, I mean, we have, we have an Instagram chat where we chat with each other almost every day. Oh, like, really? Oh, I didn't know. Th- I didn't know how. Yeah. Like we stayed really okay, close. Great. That's great. And we just talked books and life all the time. And so we were wanting to do a reunion the year after, but that was COVID. So finally we were like, okay, we're not waiting any longer. Let's meet up. So we picked a date we picked a place and we rented a couple of, uh, vrbo houses right next to each other and we went and just i mean it was a nerdy bookish (laughs) like relaxing weekend and um we had this like rooftop on top of our townhouse where the first night we were there like a few of us just went and sat out there and just chilled in the lovely fall weather and talked and caught up and then they um Several of them indulged me because I wanted to visit the state capitol because, you know, I like to yes. visit state capitol buildings because I'm also a political nerd. So we went there. We we went and visited the um, the Parthenon. I, okay. I didn't know that they had a Parthenon there, but it is a full-scale replica what? of the Parthenon in Greece. What? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That seems really random. Well, it was part of like their centennial celebration. Okay. Back in one of the centennials or something i don't know and um they built a bunch of different like temporary buildings for the centennial celebration and one of them was the parthenon and then they decided to keep that one around and they like reinforced it and you can go inside and there's a museum and they have this super super tall gilded athena statue (laughs) is that at the rowan or is that just something they added because i have no idea well, I have no idea either. Okay. I didn't know if you had like been to Greece. I've never been, been to Greece. To Greece. Okay. No. no, but the statue was also created for the centennial celebration. And okay, I'll have to show you pictures of it later because it is huge. And she has like a little man sitting in her hand and he is six feet tall. Oh my gosh. It's insane. Anyway. That's a crazy scale. Okay. Enough about the nerdy stuff. Well, it's all nerdy, but we visited bookstores. Um, We played like book Mad Libs, which was really, really entertaining, actually. Um, And then on Saturday night, we had the author Ariel Lahan, who wrote Codename Helene. 
um, and I was Anastasia in Flight of Dreams, she came to our original uh, retreat and she lives near Nashville. So I messaged her and I was like, hey, do you want to come hang out with us? She was like, I love that. (laughs) So she came and hung out with us. It was so cool. Like for an author to come do that for, you know, a group of ladies, she, she doesn't really know that well, but very cool. That was, yeah, it was all just so fun. And like the moment I left, I was like, okay, when and where are we doing this again? Because I already need more. Where did y'all do the first one? In Louisville, Kentucky, where Anne okay. lives. Okay. Yeah. So, um, one of the, bo- so we went to three bookstores. We went to Parnassus, which is like the flagship Nashville, uh, bookstore. That's what you posted on Instagram. Yeah. Right? I posted about it on Insta and that's Ann Patchett's bookstore, the author Ann Patchett. Okay. And um, we did not get to see Ann Patchett while we were there, sadly. Apparently, she doesn't go in very often. But um, <laughs> so we went there, and I bought an Ann Patchett book while I was there, of course. We went to um, a cute little bookstore called The Bookshop Nashville. And <laughs> we walked in, and Ann Bogle just released like a reading journal. Yes, and I saw that. Yeah, so we, Carrie walks up to the front of the store, finds Anne's journal, holds it up, and goes, ladies, look, and we all start cheering. <laughs> We're like, yeah, and, like, the lady behind the counter was just kind of like, um... <laughs> are y'all booksellers or something? We're like, no, we're just groupies. Like, <laughs> No, we're just a group of book nerds. Exactly. Ink drinkers. Yeah, exactly. So that was really entertaining. <laughs> and then um, we went to McKay's, like, it's a bookstore, it's a used bookstore, but they also sell used CDs and used records and used video games. Like and consignment, everything. It, it was very overwhelming for me. <laughs> like... It's like, is it like a warehouse? It's like, like huge? a, it's okay. a huge, yeah, a huge warehouse. And I just got overwhelmed and I yeah. couldn't handle it. And I generally like, well, you like small things. Yeah. I assume that means you like small stores. Yeah. I like small stores, whether right. it be a grocery store or a restaurant or a boutique or, or I like small spaces. Yeah. Like I well. don't, I don't want to go into a department store. I don't want to go into a giant warehouse in general. And so this, like, everyone was, you know, running around, like, picking up all these books. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. So <laughs> I didn't, I didn't buy anything there. But, but overall, I, it was um, energizing and just, yeah. It was, what you needed. It was exactly what I needed. Yeah. And I'm, I, now I need more. <laughs> like, yes. I'm, I'm addicted to the, the high of the. Well, I'm glad y'all were able to actually do it yeah because that was together. a concern yeah with I'm delta sure. if we would actually be able to get together so i'm really glad we did awesome yeah what were you up to while i was gone work <sighs> work and more work okay yeah i worked a lot um yeah not not a ton <laughs> sounds i don't think we did i, I really don't think we did much now that i which isn't always terrible Doing nothing sometimes is really, I mean, work isn't nothing, but weekend time, I don't think we've, we've done much the last couple of weekends. We hung out with friends and saw family members, which is always fun, but. Sometimes I need weekends to just literally do absolutely nothing. Oh, for and sure. like reset and chill out. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, let's talk about books. You go first. Okay. I think I've gone first quite a few times. All right. If you insist. Yes. I will, because I can't wait to tell you about The Heart Principle by Helen Huang. Okay. So she wrote The Kiss Quotient. Yes. Yes. 
Okay, I've read that. You like the kiss yeah. quotient? Okay. I loved the heart principle even more than really? I loved the kiss okay, quotient. Okay, good. Yes, I really liked I really liked it. I've read another one of hers, too. She's written a few. This may have been the third in okay. the series. Um, and it's not, it's like a loose series, Yeah, I they think. play off, like they pick a character that was kind of mentioned, and then they make it their story, right? I think. I thought that was how, or it's something similar to that. It's not like... It's not like the next book in a series right. where it's all not the like, same characters are there. It's not like chronological. No. Yeah. So the main character is, she's on the spectrum. Right. Which I think they all yes. have been. Um, she's really insecure. She's the type of person like who can't say no to people. And so I'm sitting here going, oh my God, like I'm, I'm I feel you girl. I feel <laughs> you. And her boyfriend, um, basically decides he wants to be in an open relationship Hmm. and she's like oh okay well if you're going around doing your thing I need to do that too so she decides she's gonna find someone to just have a one night stand with like she's getting herself out there and she ends up getting on a dating app and meeting this guy through the app and he's like yeah I'll I'll do a one night stand whatever (laughs) you know let's try this and they end up meeting and obviously just have great chemistry they they the comical part is that throughout the book like they keep trying to have their quote-unquote one night stand but she's just not ready to be that type of person right so um you know she's she's trying to like find herself and all that throughout the book and it was just so sweet it was really wonderful to like watch her grow throughout the book and the main male character I mean oh such a heartthrob like he was he was really <laughs> sweet and loving and understanding yeah, yeah very understanding of her personality and her what she was going through in her book tend to like she she definitely creates characters generally are somewhat on the spectrum right and then there's usually characters and not always just the love interest but other characters I feel like that come in and, and are understanding yes. and I know that that's not always the case um, so it's always nice to see that dynamic of uh, one, a relationship and two other friends or family members who truly like the, the definition of understanding who you are and accepting yeah. who you are. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't say at first that she's on the spectrum. Right. She doesn't realize that about herself. That's something that he kind of helps her realize. And um, so that was kind of a, a neat part of it too. And it's like, being someone who's a little bit um, extra, like, you know, you know, I have my neuroses. And so I'm like, I know I'm hard to deal with. And so it was, it was really disagree. Um, well, okay. I feel like I'm hard to deal with. So it was really nice to see that she found someone who was willing to deal with her neuroses. I'll say that. Lots of people have things. I know. <laughs> I know, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> fine but yeah anyway it it was I I listened to it so fast because I was just like I just want more you know and it was just a really really sweet romance I will say this it was pretty steamy yeah um I will use Carrie Sweeney's eggplant scale and say it gets like a four to a five (laughs) on the eggplant scale it was it was steamy but so wait what's Carrie's highest what's I mean, five. It's a five. Yeah. Okay, it's not like 10. So I was like, okay, we're in the middle. No, it's like all the way. It's dialed yeah, up. It's quite. Okay. Uh, probably a four, but still. Her her books tend to be like, 
Oh. Yeah, they <laughs> definitely are. And this one was too. So More so? Not more so. Okay, the the Kiss the Quotient may be the highest eggplant rating I've ever given yes, a book. Was... This was not so much as <laughs> the Kiss as, <laughs> okay. uh, the Kiss Quotient, but yeah, okay. it was pretty high up there. So Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just go straight into mine. Um, so The Husband's Secret by Leon Moriarty. Have you read that? You know, I think this may be one of the only ones I haven't read by her. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I know you you already did um, Apples Never Fall, and I I know this is pretty soon after that, but I'm not planning to do another one of hers, even though I've read a bunch of them. Um, But it was just too good to, like, not talk about. So I I just looked it up on Goodreads. I have read it, and I gave it five stars. Okay. (laughs) But I don't remember... Anything, much about much it, about so, it? Okay. so sell me on it again. Okay, so um, there's a lot to unpack, and I'm not obviously not going to pack everything because I want people to read it, but um, there are, I would say, three main characters, Rachel, Tess, and Cecilia, and just a quick, I would say that, so Rachel is the mother of a daughter who was murdered in the 80s, I believe, um, unsolved murder mystery I'm already in situation <laughs> um and it's kind of consumed her life obviously right um and then Tess is in a marriage that is having some issues uh, mainly her husband Will has decided that he may or may not want to stay married what would he like to try an open relationship <laughs> maybe perhaps okay maybe not open we have a theme going on <laughs> yeah um And then Cecilia um, finds out some things about her husband um, that she didn't know. So So husbands have secrets. Husbands have secrets, (laughs) yes. Um, So I I I don't want to say too much. There's just so much intertwining of stories where all of the characters intertwine like some way like they have pieces of their past intertwined in each other's stories and it all comes out and she does it again extremely well um because it's leanne moriarty and she's a master of the writing i know so i guess i guess what i will say is um one of the main characters finds a letter addressed to her oh this is coming back to me okay and it she finds it in the attic like in boxes of stuff that's just been, you know, left up there forever, like addicts tend to hide <laughs> secrets, I guess. Um, but it states that it should only be opened upon the death of her husband. Right. And obviously he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> so the secrets inside can um, pretty much destroy like her family and her life and the life of others in the story. That's like rude though, dude. Like why, why I are you mean, doing that to your wife you after you die that? and then revealing all these awful secrets? It's like a way that I guess he felt like he felt he could take the guilt that he had. That's so selfish. Of it's him. extremely <laughs> selfish. I don't know. I don't know why anyone would do that. Um, yeah, it's pretty messed up. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of ethical dilemmas about about it that are really interesting. And I thought maybe we could kind of briefly discuss them. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So ethical dilemma comes into not just 
the secrets that are in the letter and what you would do if you found out. So let's just say, let's discuss if you found out something really horrible about your spouse. Either they did something really horrible or um, not necessarily present day. It could have been in the past, but there's all these things that bubble up and all of these things would affect, obviously, your children's futures, your own future and his future, the future of everyone involved in this secret. What would you do? Like, if it's a crime, would you turn in your spouse? I know that might be too long to discuss. It's just so interesting to think about. I like, like I've got my my fingers on my chin right now. Like, hmm, what would I do? Like, would the reason matter? Would the time frame matter? Time frame meaning maybe how old they were when it happened? Theoretically, yeah, those things would matter to me. Once again, this is a scenario where I'm like, in a perfect world, I like to believe that I would call the cops and report my husband. I know. But in reality, I, I don't know. Things I don't are know a what bit you murkier. Do. And then I guess that kind of goes into the whole, for better or worse, Ooh. do you believe in that? Like, do, it, Are you supposed to just take him at his worst if his worst was like killing someone? And I don't- 20 years ago? I'm just making this up. Yeah, no, I- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like in any, in any dilemma, ethical dilemma that you would have with someone that you love and that you either know or feel like, you know, like a parent or even your child. You're stressing me out now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, it's just so fascinating to think about because it's not something, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like in my own world, I'm like, I can't imagine anyone that I'm close to doing anything so horrendous right. that I would need to make that call. Right. But it happens. Of course it does. And everybody who does something terrible is somebody's right son or daughter or right. brother or sister. Um, yeah. So those questions come up um, as themes that I think that anyone reading this book would have to contemplate which is also just an interesting aspect of the book that like you would, you have to think to yourself, like, what would I do? Right. Um, and then I think the other ethical dilemma is, um, if you found out that your spouse was in love with someone else and they actively (laughs) wanted to pursue that relationship, does it give you freedom to do the same? Not necessarily to fall in love with someone, but I'm saying like to, um, go outside of the marriage if they tell you I'm in love with this other person and I haven't pursued anything but I want to well I guess it depends on if we decide whether your spouse is going to act on it I again I don't like Uh, these questions I know that's just fascinating right (laughs) um so anyways it's just a it's a whole bunch of um intertwining and kind of everything comes to a head and then certain things that have happened in the past the way that they materialize in the present with the present characters um, that maybe weren't involved in the past it's just really interesting because it affects everybody you're making me want to read it again I don't often reread books but it's like I gave this one five stars you're making it sound really interesting I don't tend to remember much about the books that I read um so (laughs) that's kind of lucky in a way because I can just go have a whole new reading experience as if I've never read it before yes which is what happened to me with Big Little Lies 
I was legit sitting there watching the series and I was like, I have no idea how this ends because I can't remember the book, which is sad, but also like, okay. I've never, I've never read that uh. only because I watched the series and I, and I, I know that her series and her TV adaptations don't always go hand in hand. Like, um, not, I'm not spoiling anything hopefully, but spoiler alert to anyone <laughs> who hasn't read nine perfect strangers or watched the Hulu nine perfect strangers, um, TV adaptation, but they're not the same. Right. I've heard, I haven't started watching it yet, but I've he- already heard of like things that are different about it. Both good. I, Michael and I watched it. We enjoyed it, but it's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend text me and she was like, I heard you talking about nine perfect strangers on the podcast. And I started watching it and, um, does this happen in the book? I was like, no, I don't remember that. I know. I kept like trying to think, cause I have, I read it a while back, like years ago. And I just kept saying, that didn't happen. It didn't happen that way. That didn't happen. Some, that something about a goat. wasn't doing that. Yeah, that didn't happen. Okay. But it's in the show. Right. Um, it was a really good show, but it, a lot wasn't the same. So right. I don't know if Big Little Lies, if a lot was different than the book. I need to read the book. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you because I, I apparently yeah. didn't remember the book while I was watching. Um, so yeah, so I highly recommend it. I really loved it. I actually, my mom and I go on walks probably three times a week and I told her like the whole plot within two days of our walk and she was like hooked because she's not much of a reader Mm -hmm. and I knew she wouldn't read it so I basically told her and I felt like I was giving her a lifetime movie moment oh my gosh and she was like that was really good (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious that's awesome Um, like you became a storyteller yes and quickly before I end on the Leanne train um I told you that I was reading Apples Never Fall. Right. And I finished it today yes. before I got here. Really liked it. Okay, good. Um, I did, I liked the husband's secret more personally. Yeah. But, um, and like I told you, I thought that it was a little slow to start, but once it picks up, it really picks up. Oh yeah. It gets going yeah. and it's, uh, it's intense. Yeah. And listening to, um, her comments after mm-hmm. on the audio version, hilarious. I don't know if you remember that. I, I don't think I got that because I okay. got an advanced copy from Libro FM. So I don't think I got. It was really, I mean, it was amusing. She basically thanks all these people. And then she thanks a guy and she was like, he has nothing to do with this book whatsoever, but I forgot to thank him on another book. So I'm thinking him oh now. My gosh. And I thought that was super <laughs> funny. And then she also... I don't know if it's just my pregnancy hormones, but I was in my office listening to it and she gave this beautiful recollection of like, she was thanking her parents, but you didn't know that at first. And she basically thanks her mother, but the way she does it, I literally, I had tears. You in were my like eyes. crying in your office. Yeah. Not actual. I didn't right. shed any, but I was, <laughs> I got a little choked up. The way she said it was just beautiful. It was basically like, um, there's a picture of this beautiful blonde headed girl little girl in this blah blah and she like goes in and she was like um and I I she says all these wonderful things about this little girl and then she says um and I'm so honored to have called you my mother and it was just like such a beautiful tribute (laughs) just was like "Mm." (laughs) um but yes I enjoyed it a lot I'm gonna have to go back and uh downloaded another copy so I can get those author's notes because I love author's notes. It was really, it was worth it. Okay. I would, it it's was a worth a good author's note. It really, okay. really is. Noted. Yes. Can we talk about this tea that we're drinking? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
because I feel like I'm drinking a peppermint stick. So let's just tell the audience you are not a mint peppermint person, which I didn't know. I like peppermints. I don't like drinking them. Well, mint tea is a very basic thing. Yeah, well, not not, it's not your not thing. my thing and that's completely fine but i didn't think that the reaction would be so strong but when she told me that she didn't like minty things i was like well you're not gonna like this <laughs> um so this is from red stick spice company which is a local spice and tea shop in the baton rouge louisiana area so shout out to y'all yeah um but it is called peppermint patty so if you it's peppermint. It's a cute name. And I love peppermint patties, the candy. Sure. It doesn't taste like that. No, it doesn't. There's no chocolate. No. Mm-mm. The other one had chocolate. The other option. And I smelled that one and I was like, you I can't like do it. this one. So this description says, I'm not going to say this right. Ceylon? Is that how you pronounce it? That's how I pronounce it. Ceylon tea with peppermint pieces, natural peppermint, and peppermint leaves. It's very peppermint. It is all peppermint. It's all peppermint. There's and nothing else. It's good. I'm not like gagging or anything. It's just not my thing, but it's, I'm still sitting here drinking it. Yeah. Despite the fact that I have tea so, leaves all through my. <laughs> That's your own fault. I know. I'm, I made the tea wrong and there's tea uh, leaves just floating all around in it. <laughs> um, so I generally liked this whenever I went in and bought it, they were doing a sampling of it and it was um, cold brewed. Oh. And it was delicious cold brew. And it says that on here, I thought. That or it's maybe better it was, for cold brew. Yeah, but it was very, very good cold um, when I, I did the sample, which is why I bought it. I was like, ooh, I love that. But I really like mint tea because it reminds me of my, my grandmother. We used to drink tea together, and she always had mint tea. And Aww. that was kind of like one of our things. So it just reminds me uh, of her and drinking tea with her back in back in the day. That's sweet. But um, I like I like it. It's not my favorite tea ever that we've tried on this. Um. But it's something other than Harney and Sons, which <laughs> we have been called out for. And I, um, yeah. Yeah. I think I put too much of the sweetener, the liquid sweetener in it, because it's too sweet for my liking. Oh. Uh. Um, you did also put Ready Whip in your tea today. I did, today. but Ready Whip only has like less than one gram okay, of sugar. Fine. fine. But yeah, it's it's overly sweet. Otherwise, I think I would like it a lot more than I do. But it is very good and it should be tried iced because it was delicious iced. Well, maybe I'll go pop an ice cube in my mug. Um, but first, I'm going to tell you about Cloud Cuckoo Land. Spill the tea. By Anthony Doerr. Crowd Cuckoo Land. Cloud. Cloud. Up in the clouds. Okay. So he wrote All the Light We Cannot See. Mm. Yes, yeah, I haven't read it. But you know of it. Is that the one World that was... World War Two? No, okay. Uh, yes, I know about it, but I no, I have not read it. So I loved All the Light We Cannot See. I have not read Four Seasons by him, and I'm not sure if he's done anything else, but Cloud Cuckoo Land... Already sounds weird, right? It does. No, it is. No. It sure is. Well. It is complicated. Mm. It's like this epic, I'm not saying I didn't like it because it's one of those books where I finished it and I was like, that may have actually been brilliant and I'm just not sure if I, if I could handle it, if I could handle its brilliance, but (laughs) it's 
super complicated. There's at least four stories intertwined with each other. So we have Anna and her sister in 1600s Constantinople, and she finds the manuscript of Cloud Cuckoo Land, which is this story that's interweaved throughout all the different stories. Okay. And also in that, in Anna's story, we also get the story of Omir, who's like a shepherd. And then we have present day. And there's these kids in a library and they're performing the play of Cloud Cuckoo Land. And um, someone walks in and like plants a bomb in the library. And so there's that whole thing going on. Then we have the future where Constance is on a spaceship called the Argos. And um, she is alone sitting there writing out the manuscript of Cloud Cuckoo Land from memory. From the future and somehow She's it's in the in future. The, okay. And Cloud Cuckoo Land is this um, like myth, essentially. Right. Of this guy who wanted to turn into a bird. He turned into a donkey at some point. I think he turned into a fish. And so we get little pieces of this myth throughout these other interwoven stories and it was so complex and so complicated but I found myself I mean it took me like two weeks to get through the whole book because I was just like I don't know that I really am in the mood for this or if I want to go back to it but I really wanted to read the future story the one on the Argos and that's not fully developed no it is I mean all three stories are pretty well developed but I I would have just cut out the other two (laughs) Like, I, I only wanted the future story. But it had to circle back to where you're like, oh, that book was written in the future, and somehow it's, like, in this crazy past. No, it was written in the past. Yeah, sorry. This is... I thought it's she not was writing it in the future. She's she's writing it down from memory. Like, her oh, dad told her the story. Okay, I'm thinking that, which sounded really cool. It's <laughs> like, okay, so she's writing it in the future, but somehow it ends up in the past, and then it continues on and gets back to her first writing it which sounded really neat you're adding an extra layer to this already complicated book it sounds like a neat layer though maybe i mean okay you should probably reach out to anthony doer and let (laughs) him know that there was a missed opportunity there okay but um very back to the future (laughs) planting things right coming back but it was um it was a it was a lot i'm not mad that i read it like I was like, I've got to finish this book. I've got to finish this book. Like, it feels like I deserve a reward for finishing it. Um, And like I said, it could actually be brilliant. Yeah. And I'm just not smart enough for it. (laughs) Or it just was the wrong time to read it. Um, No, maybe. No, no, never mind. We'll see. (laughs) We will be reading it again. No, probably not. Got it. What's yours? Um, So... I'm going to spill the tea on Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore by Robin Sloan. So, it was written in 2013. It won a bunch of awards, apparently. I didn't know that. I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it won, like, best book of the year by NPR. And wow, it was on all of these back in 2013, like, on all these award lists, which I had no idea. I thought no one had read this book and I just came across it randomly like, oh, in my just discovered it. I was like, no one's read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm special for finding it. Um, no, just after I read it, I was like, I bet a bunch of people haven't read this book because I, I didn't love it. 
And then I, it wasn't horrible by any means. It was interesting. There was, all the aspects of it were interesting. I just, I felt the same way. It was like, there was something that was missing that I just wasn't quite connecting to the story. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know what it was. So basically just to give a quick, to make it make any sense to anybody who wants to read it or is thinking about reading it, um, it's at about a 24-hour bookstore with an eccentric owner named Mr. Penumbra. Um, and there's this underworld secret society um, with code and things that mean other things and secrets being covered up. And <sighs> But I love, I love the sound of that. I, d- I know. Yeah, like how do you not love history and books and keepers of books and, and secrets and secrets yes. that lie in code? I mean, it just sounds so fascinating, but I was meh. I would actually really love to hear from other people if they, because it's a super popular book. You know, sorry, and I didn't know sorry that. to burst your bubble. I didn't know that. You didn't find well, it on your own, but I didn't think that I found it on my <laughs> own. But when I saw it and I read it, after reading it, I was like, this must not be a popular book. <laughs> like, that's how I felt about it. But I'd like to hear if other people felt the same way, if they connected to it or not. So Yeah, I just wasn't all in. I'm not really sure why, like you said. I don't know Something what the connecting... Because it sounds like it would be a cool movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, let us know. Reach out on Instagram or wherever. Yes. Um... I'm going to tell you about what's keeping me sane this week because I can't wait to tell you about it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you know the TV show Ted Lasso? Yes, but we've only watched either. I think we only watched the first episode. What? So we don't have, what is it on? Apple TV Plus. And we had like a short little trial. Gotcha. So you only got to watch one episode. So I'll only watch one episode. I don't know if we only got to watch one or... Um, so... I don't know if you, quickly, not to interrupt you, but I don't know if you know, but like every good show next season came out at the same time. I did not know that. (laughs) Well, the shows that we've been watching came out at the same time. So when we were watching um, Nine Perfect Strangers, Mm -hmm. which was at that time, then uh, Sex Education season three came Uh out, which have you seen Sex Education on Netflix? No. Oh my God. Okay. I'll watch it. So funny. So good. Um... And then we started the uh, Hulu um, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, I want to watch that too. So uh, so anyways, we've been kind of like stuck in our, oh, there's so many good shows that have come out. And we kind of forgot that we watched that first episode and then we had a trial. Okay, but I really want to tell you about why I love it so much. Can you tell me without spoiling it? Yes, I, we absolutely. Watch it. I'm okay. not going to spoil it. Okay. So first of all, um, I don't. It's, it's about an American amateur football coach who goes to coach a premier soccer league in England. Yes. I don't like soccer. It's not my thing. So when my Same. friend Janine told me about it, I was like, soccer? Eh, no thanks. And then I went on this writer's retreat and Ariel Lahan was like, everyone must watch Ted Lasso. It's amazing. And I was like, I had totally forgotten that Janine told me about it. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go check it out. You know, whatever. It won all these Emmys and stuff. Yeah. I was hooked. I watched really? <laughs> I watched the first season in two nights. I oh, watched wow. fi- I'm 
Yeah. I've decided okay. this should be required watching for all humans. What? <laughs> for all humans? For all humans. That's a very intense Ted, recommendation. Ted Lasso is such an amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about him as if he's my best friend. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he goes through some stuff okay in the show but he's constantly positive and optimistic and he's funny and he's sweet and he's i just like i literally finished the show and i was like i want to go out and be a better person so i think that everyone to find i think that everyone needs to see it yeah so michael must have heard something because he's the one that like was like let's watch this trial show he was like i've heard something about it and then after I knew nothing about it when we, we, this was like a couple weeks ago. And the next day, literally, I felt like it was all over everywhere. Well, for good reason. It's really excellent. It's really heartwarming and uplifting. I'm already seven episodes into season two. Um, And I'm not kidding when I say this. If you want to watch Ted Lasso and you need the $5 for (laughs) Apple TV Plus, reach out to me and I will Venmo you $5. I think, I think we can, we can handle it, but I'm, I'm saying for our listeners, if they want it. Oh, I thought uh, you yeah. were saying me. No, oh, serious. wow. This is like an intense. I'm telling you, this should be required television for every human being. It is so good. And I'm also, I have to say very much enjoying all of the different British accents. There's so one of the main characters is named Jamie Tart. And he's he's got like, gosh, I don't I don't know the different regions, but he's always like, I'm Jamie Talk. Like, <laughs> and so I I've been walking around the office this week just talking with a British accent, and everyone's like, What is wrong with you? But it's so fun. I can't help myself. You're really good at it. And um, and and Ted, you know, obviously has this like southern. Yeah. Kind of, it's it's Midwestern, but it sounds more southern to me. But um, it's oh gosh, it just puts us. Puts a smile on my face. So uh, another uh, intertwined connector, which might be a theme. Okay. Intertwining characters. Okay, yeah. Um, so the the lady who owns the um, the soccer yes. team. Who? No, go ahead. I'm not going to say Okay. This. She's in sex education. Oh. Because it, it's, it's also a British show. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, she's yeah, fabulous. Yeah, it's um, Jillian uh, Flynn. You know, the actress. Mm-hmm. She's in it as well. No, I thought Jillian Flynn was a writer. Ignore me. Hold on. Jillian Anderson. Okay, so um, Jillian Anderson is also in Sex Sex Education. Um, It's a fantastic show. But yeah, she doesn't have a big part, the the actress that's in Ted Lasso in Sex Education. She's like the mom of one of the students, and she really is only highlighted in season one, I believe. Um, But when I saw her, I was like, oh, that's the mom from Sex Education. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. she must be becoming a very popular actress, I assume. I guess so. She's really awesome. Yeah. Like every every actor in the show does such a fantastic job. It's it's so good. I can't get enough. And I don't want to say she's becoming a fantastic actress because maybe I just haven't seen her in anything and she's been in stuff forever. I have no idea. But I did really like her. And I liked her in the one episode that we did watch of Ted Lasso. I thought she was great. I liked her character. Well. I mean... Not like liked it, liked it, but I liked like just her vibe yeah. in general. Like she, it was funny, yeah. the whole situation with her husband, like just the way she talked was amusing. All right. Well, what's keeping you sane? Um, what has been keeping me sane this week is another mantra. 
Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. So Carolyn Mace is an author as well. I don't know if you've heard anything about her. Um, her name is actually spelled Caroline, but she goes by, she pronounces it Carolyn. And Mace is actually M-Y-S-S in case anyone wants to look her up. Okay. Um, she'll come up if you type it in, but just, it's Carolyn Mace. So she's a best-selling author, um, speaker in the field of human consciousness, spirituality, mysticism, Um and it's basically the idea that things don't happen to you, they happen for you. Okay. So it's just kind of a, a different way to look at situations in life that maybe you don't perceive as a positive situation or you wonder like, why did that happen to me? Or, you know, why did I have to go through that? But if you switch and flip the way that you're thinking about it and you think that didn't happen to me, it happened for me. So she's able to... Be optimistic and turn bad situations into good situations like Ted Lasso. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She's basically the female Ted Lasso. She's Ted Lasso. Um, (laughs) But it's it's just an interesting concept. And I feel like I've used it and I kind of forgot about it for a bit. And it came to me this week when I was like thinking about, I don't know, I just, it just popped into my head and I've told it to my parents before as well. Um, you know, earlier this year we had some family, um, we had a death in the family from COVID. And so, um, there was just a lot of things all at one time. There were a lot, you know, when things haven't worked out or like everything's so discombobulated with COVID and everything that's been happening in the last year and a half. And I told my dad, I was like, maybe you should look at things and situations as it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. And what does that mean to you? Like, can you flip it? Right, flip your perspective. Yeah. Um, I like that. So it's just kind of a conscious effort to think about things in your life that maybe maybe it's happening for you and you just haven't found that, like, why. Right. I like that. I'm all about the positivity. Yeah. And the flipped narrative. (laughs) This was a good episode. I well, enjoyed oh, talking about yeah. all of these books and TV shows. And Ma'am, we did such a good job with this episode. Yeah. Tell us if you agree. <laughs> Until next time. Yes. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Ink Drinkers Pod. Cheers. Cheers.